0: Episode 18 of Biz Talk with Bill Roy. Welcome. Our goal is to provide you with insight into the people, places, companies, and organizations that make up Wichita's important business community. Thanks for listening. Wayne Bryan is producing artistic director of Music Theater Wichita, but he's also a California native, a pre-law graduate, a Vietnam veteran who served in the Navy and a Broadway performer. This week we learn a bit more about Wayne, about music theater. And we talk about what he and his folks think should happen with Century 2. But first, a couple of thoughts about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Right here it is. The headline on the front page, Hacking Back. Cybersecurity is going to be a $230 billion international market in the next five years. Experts we talk to say Wichita could become a player in that industry by creating those cybersecurity jobs. The most recent estimate is that the industry will create three and a half million of those jobs by 2022. That package starts on page 12. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Wichita State's Vice President of Student Affairs, Terry Hall. That's on page 23. This week's top 25 list on the Wichita area's largest women-owned businesses ranked by full-time employees better check out our leads section you'll find out who has a federal tax lien who created a new corporation who made real estate transactions and who filed new lawsuits page nine all that and much more in this week's print edition of the wichita business journal and at wichitabusinessjournal.com
1: welcome to the wichita business journal biz talk podcast talking business is what the commercial banking team here at equity bank does best Visit equitybank.com/napkin-stories.
0: Music Theatre Wichita and its producing artistic director Wayne Bryan have great national reputations. MTW produces five shows a year, serves as a training ground for actors, carpenters, and other production support positions. Now everyone associated with MTW is trying to see into the future and what will happen with Century Two and how the decision will impact their organization. Wayne Bryan is the Producing Artistic Director of Music Theater Wichita, and I must admit, as I thought about this interview, I thought about James Lipton and the Actors Studio oh. and Bernard <laughs> Prevot and the <laughs> questions there. Wayne Bryan, thanks so much for being with thanks us. Thanks so
1: much for inviting me. We love this interaction always with the Business Journal. We love that you cover you know, how the arts impact business downtown. We're always so flattered, you think of us, so it's great to be here.
0: I think it's important to think of the arts as an industry in the Wichita area, just like manufacturing or just like healthcare, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely so, right. It really does have an economic impact on the city of Wichita, that's for sure. One thing that our emerging leaders have told us in this round of roundtables that we're going through now is how important the arts are to quality of life in Wichita, And uh, so that's something that young people are thinking about now as well, hopefully. Yes, as we watch
1: our downtown come to life with all these new lofts, one of the things that they're finding in studies across the country is that younger people like living downtown where they can bicycle. They like being in the center of entertainment and dining and uh, fine arts. So it really is important that we have things to offer downtown Wichita when people come and live here and visit here. I want to talk more about
0: that. I want to talk economic impact about uh, the arts, also about music theater, Wichita, also about obviously Century Two, the big debate now. What should we do with that? And uh, obviously, you're a major stakeholder in that. But first,
1: again, James
0: Lipton, where were you born?
1: <laughs> I was born in Compton, California. Spent my childhood in Downey, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles. I went to college for pre-law at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, I graduated from college in 1968, right before they started a lottery system. So rather than be drafted into the Vietnam War, I uh, I chose to become a naval officer and spent three years in the Navy. I was stationed down in San Diego. Uh, I was overseas half the time, but when I was in San Diego, they didn't care what you did with your evenings, so I started working at the Old Globe Theater and started doing TV commercials, and I found that I was able to pursue an acting career during that Navy time that I thought was going to be three lost years, so I was very fortunate. Is that where your love of theater and your interest in theater started, or was it a little bit
0: earlier than that?
1: I think it was my mom letting me stay up late and watch old movies on the uh, late show, Uh listeners now might have trouble remembering a time when there was not Netflix, when there wasn't DVD or right. even VHS, where you had to wait to see what your local TV stations would show. If you wanted to see Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers or Nelson Eddy and Jeanette McDonald, the old movie musicals they sometimes showed. And my mom was a fan of those, so she'd let me stay up and watch those. And I think... That's probably where it all started. And also, uh, Disney. You know, Disney has always been in the business of telling stories through movement and song that right. are right for characters. And uh, I think a lot of kids find their way into musical theater, especially through the Disney canon. What was your Navy experience like? Uh, I was a beachmaster, which meant that I worked with Navy SEALs and amphibious troops. And I was, you know, <laughs> I was 20 when I graduated college. I was 21 when I became a naval officer, therefore a leader of men. Right. I, I had barely ever been responsible for myself, much less anything or anybody else. <laughs> and to suddenly be the leader of 30 guys f- whose safety I was you know, responsible for and weaponry and documents and all those kinds of things and be shipped out overseas and feel the weight of responsibility for them was honestly a great learning experience and it certainly put my subsequent life in perspective because now if we're having a tech rehearsal at a music theater, you know... Nobody's bombing the enemy beach. The costumes are going to fit or they're not going to fit. The scenery's working or it needs to work better. We'll fix it the best we can. The show will open on Wednesday, right. it'll close on Sunday. We'll all go on to the next thing. Nobody's life is on the line. And I think that's been a very helpful thing in my life that I, early on, had the uh, responsibility for other people and realized that there are are certain things in life that are very important and other things we try to do the best we can, but you just have to let them uh, go the best they can. That's a pretty early trial by
0: fire. (laughs) For me, it was. (laughs) Well, tell tell me a little bit more about uh, getting involved in theater mm-hmm. during the Navy and uh, in the years after the
1: Navy. Well, I always loved this stuff, but my folks thought it was very difficult to earn a living in the theater. So I was really discouraged. So that's why I had the pre-law major right. at Santa Barbara. In the meantime, I was playing trumpet in the marching band and I was doing forensics and debate and that kind of thing. And our band leader at UC Santa Barbara was also the musical director of the local Civic Light Opera, and they were about to do the first West Coast. Uh, amateur production of the sound of music and they needed a Rolf the telegram boy right and I was 17 going on 18 and I (laughs) did look like a Nazi and so I uh, auditioned and got cast in that and then somehow I just went from one show to another and I think my love of it transcended my lack of experience and my unpolished abilities and I just got better as I did it and then when I got stationed in San Diego working with the Old Globe Theater and I sang in a nightclub which was great for expanding my repertoire and getting used to singing in front of all sorts of different people. I started doing TV commercials in San Diego while I was still in the Navy so I got used to what the camera was like and what you had to do that was different from what you did on stage and by the time I got out of my three years in the Navy I had my Actors' Equity card, the Union for Stage Actors, right. and my Screen Actors Guild card for TV and film. And I moved up to Los Angeles. I got on an episode of MASH in its first season. I'm in a coma for most of it, which is <laughs> when I wake up, it's not good. But it was uh, you know, wonderful to be a part of that. Right. And then the next year, I got seen for a Broadway show that was auditioning in Los Angeles, but it took me to New York. And... Somehow, I was very fortunate to be in the right place, and I was the right type for my time period. You know, I looked kind of friendly and next door neighbory and sort of funny, but not too grotesque. Right. So I kind of fit a a slot that was popular in the (laughs) 70s and worked as an actor until I got invited by the Old Globe to come back as a director for a show that I'd been in in New York, Rogers and Hart. And they were about to do it in the summer at the Old Globe, and they asked if I'd come direct it. So then I added directing to my skill set. I had done a little in college, but that was my first professional one. And it went well, so they had me back every summer for the next two years. And then a show I directed in Los Angeles, went to New York, and I just kept going back and forth from one coast to the other, trying to figure out where I was supposed to be. Little realizing I was supposed <laughs> to be equally distant from both of them in Wichita, Kansas. Right. And we're glad you are here. Well, you got I'm here glad. In, what year? 88, 88. I took over as producer. I was a visitor here in 86. And when you look
0: back on, on your time, uh, not only as the, as the producing artistic director here but also on your performing years what are you most proud of
1: oh my goodness well i think you know today here in 2017 i'm proudest of the legacy of young artists that we're turning out here uh, every summer. Right. The the Kelly O'Hara's and the Kristen Chenoweth's and the people who come through our doors in the summer and leave renewed or better than they came in and who can go off with a sense of joy about doing this as a profession. I'm proud that people come sit down in the dark every summer right. and after a couple hours they emerge hopefully being elevated or just had their cares taken away for a couple of hours. I like all that positive energy that comes from talented people coming together and working on something.
0: You've had great people come through music theater and gone on to great things. What is it that music theater needs going forward if there are changes either to the existing Century two or uh, there's a new structure that will be built to to
1: house the right. theater. Well, I mean, Century Two has been there just about 50 years, and the forum it replaced was there for 50 years, too, I understand. So in this natural cycle, one could say, oh, well, it's time to build a new one. Or one could say, well, look at the opera houses in Europe that go on century after century, and they have some local pride in that. When the discussions first came up about the... Uh, some of the inadequacies, especially for conventions, for our combined Century Two performing arts and convention center, some of the first thoughts were, well, let's just tear down the whole thing and start over. Unfortunately, for the performing arts groups that are in Century Two and for the touring shows that come to town, there is no other venue in Wichita where we could all move temporarily. Uh, while they spent three or four years building a new complex. So that's really hard. You have to decide what your priorities are. Uh, Now, my job as producing artistic director for music theater, Wichita, is to protect music theater, Wichita. So I have to look out for our organization, That doesn't mean we want to stop progress in any way. If there were a new performing arts facility that let us do what we do, we would be all in favor. We'd help raise money for it. We hope we'd be in on the planning of it since we know what that kind of facility needs to offer. But it's uh, undeniable that nowadays when they build performing arts centers, they tend not to include a carpentry shop, costume shop, paint shop, Rehearsal rooms, because unlike Wichita, most cities that see a big musical only see a touring show that comes in from someplace else. It unloads the trucks, it performs, it entertains the populace, which is all great. The admission money it collects goes back to its city of origin and although it provides jobs for the local stagehands or maybe a few local musicians, basically it is bringing in employees from somewhere else that will come spend a little time in your city and move on. Our, Our theater organization And the Wichita Symphony and several of our other good local performing groups keep jobs here in town. We spend money back in the local economy. And we evolved from a time period when it was much more common for a city to have its own opera company, have its own theater company. And so when they built Century 2 back in the 60s, they built all these amenities that make it possible for you to really build these productions. That's become increasingly rare. And one of the uh, unexpected side effects of this has been that the scenery and costumes that we build every year are now in great demand across the country because other theaters can't build them anymore. And that has meant that the Disney company and the producers of Mamma Mia pick us to do the shows first so that we can build the sets and costumes that will allow other dozens of theaters to do them later. So this Century Two complex, the way it was built in the 60s, actually has a lot of features that are not common anymore. So if we were to replace the whole building, one could either build a new performing arts center the nature of the Kaufman Center up in Kansas City or one of the other beautiful new performing arts centers. But most of the time, they don't have those kinds of amenities. It would be unusual to get the funding for those additional amenities. If they could, then we could move into a new space and continue to do what we do. If not, then Wichita would become one of those cities where you get the touring shows, but that's all that's possible given the facility. We have been happy in Century Two. But as I say, we could certainly be happy in a new venue uh, if it had those unique qualities. We put together a video this summer that showed what it is that we do in the building. And you can go to our website and see it. It's called MT Wichita, definitely Broadway. It's just about eight minutes. And it's a really, really swift, well-put-together set of imagery about all that goes on in the summer. And you can see it uh, backstage at Century 2. Some people thought we did that to say, save Century 2. And as I say, this is the building we were assigned when we right. were founded in 72. We've made the best of it. We have no complaints. We could certainly move on to a new one if such a new possibility existed. But it would have to have those things in it.
0: Right. To not have those things really... It doesn't do away with music theater, but really hurts music theater's ability to do what it does.
1: Yeah, we, yes, we, we couldn't do what we do. We wouldn't be hiring all these carpenters and painters and scenic artists and uh, costumers if we were another theater that just rented in things from other places. Can you survive a year, for example, if
0: there's a if there's a year hiatus?
1: If they have to do a good renovation, and if we could really go to our season ticket holders and say, we're very excited about what's coming up next year. We would probably spend a year planning maybe five special events, other places around town maybe bring in a really wonderful guest star for a concert, maybe do other unique things for one year. But even at that, I think we would probably lose a lot of our subscribers who automatically renew every year. We have about 10,000 season ticket holders and 70 to 80% of them automatically renew for the next year the minute we finish the season. I've talked to other theaters that have had to relocate or go on hiatus for a year, and most of them have lost 50 to 60% of their subscribers hmm. just from the lack of continuity. We would also lose our technicians who come here every year because they'd have to find someplace else to work next summer. So... It's a a daunting thought, but, of course, we do need to see what kind of progress can be made. And if there's a way to do a significant renovation inside Century 2 and make it better than ever, then we would have to do whatever we can to make that possible. How are you being a
0: part of the process? Are you staying in constant contact with the city council and watching everything? Are they keeping you apprised of the debate? Well... (laughs)
1: most of our involvement has been when we've seen a public notice that something's going to be discussed and we go talk about it. We have received their assurances that we'll be part of the conversation. So we hope that will be the case. You're being very reserved here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) It's truthful. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go in. And uh, over the past few years, some changes were made inside Century 2 that we weren't warned about or included in. And some of them have been fine, but some of them have actually been uh, impactful in terms of our ability to seat people or our ability to function. And we've brought that to the attention of the folks in charge that, you know, we we only want to continue to do what we've done. We're not asking for anything different or anything expanded. We just want to keep creating jobs and bringing people downtown and doing what we do. And it wouldn't be bad to keep us in the loop if you're going to make changes in the building because we know what works and we know what would make things easier for people and you recognize
0: obviously how important music theater wichita is to the overall economy of wichita to the quality of life of wichita do you see that also with other um other arts organizations absolutely (laughs)
1: Uh, and we're only in the summer you know there's a great deal that keeps people entertained here and uh, some wonderful things at the orpheum and the interest arena and there's a lot that's offered we're told that one of the main reasons that uh, executives will not move their families to a city when they've been invited by a company is a lack of cultural life there. So I think it's to the importance of all the businesses here to make sure that we do have an attractive downtown, good stores and good restaurants and a good cultural life and good education for their kids. Those are the factors that keep people from moving to your city. So we think it is important that uh, we do what we do and the other fine organizations here get to continue to enrich the lives and give uh, people something to go to you know Wichita Kansas doesn't have beachfront property for wonderful uh, ski resorts in the mountains we don't have those things so everything that's been created here has sort of been created out of that wonderful midwestern ingenuity and entrepreneurship and uh, the arts are a big part of that we're lucky to have Music Theater of Wichita. We are also lucky to have you, Wayne. Well, Bryan. Thank we you. appreciate
0: you being here on the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. We love this. And we will be talking to you more about uh, music theater and Century 2 and how things go down the road. Thanks again for being Thanks here. Thanks for the invitation. Wayne says that he's most proud of Music Theater's work to provide high quality entertainment to its audiences and to leave them with a positive feeling about their experience. And about the community.
1: At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are our favorites. So we created our own series. Visit equitybank.com napkin stories to watch the startup stories of great businesses across the Midwest.
0: Well, that's Biz Talk with Bill Roy for this week. On behalf of the great staff of the Wichita Business Journal, thank you again for listening. And thanks once again to producer Brittany Showalter. And to our sponsor, thanks, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.